Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 190, episode 3 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Wednesday, June 23rd, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. And I'm Jack. I'm Jack O'Brien, a. I'm just Jack. I host with Miles of Grey. I host with Miles of Grey. That is courtesy of Soltis, Hannah. Hannah Soltis. Shout out. I actually never really knew that was by Flock of Seagulls. I only knew Flock of Seagulls from, uh, yo, Flock of Seagulls. You know where why we're here? From right. the beginning of no. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Miles Gray now batting at the top of the order, number 420 for the Valley Dodgers. It's Hideo Noho. Thank you so much. <laughs> Not been on social media too much recently, but I, I I had to dig deep for the old school, aka. You got that Valley jersey behind you, the Valley. Yeah, Lakers, it's caused a lot of problems. Number eight one eight. Yo, oh, you really? post the Valley shit on a Laker jersey, and people are like, "Yo, that's for Phoenix, man. The fuck is that?" You think it's that's been like Phoenix. by far what? Because it's the you know that graphic is from the Phoenix Suns jersey that says oh. the Valley on it. But when I saw that, I'm like, man, there's only one valley. It's the San Fernando Valley. So let me yeah. put that shit on the Laker jersey and represent from my fucking town. And it's funny because one half I was telling Carl Tart because <laughs> he had some shit to say, too. I was like, look, it's funny, man. Like everybody in the valley that I know, they are like knocking my door down. They'd be like, how do I get that shit? And oh, really? Yeah, that's like, this is trash, man. What is this? So it is what it is. But you know what? Always rep where you're from. Is there like a regional specificity to who reps the Lakers versus the Clippers? Or is it just no. all Lakers everywhere and then like some Clippers fans? Again, in my life, there? it's the contrarians that ended up being Clipper fans. Your Carl's me Tart. For well, because even then, like growing up in the, you know, like our first memories are the Showtime Lakers and then the Randy Fund years were absolutely abysmal. Mm. And, you know, that's when I think the real ones hung on. Obviously, the Kobe Shaq years brought more people. But look, there's no geography to it. It's just, you know, you get down how you want to. I'm just saying, man, these these Phoenix Suns fans starting to feel feel themselves a little bit like they can I mean, come at your neck for a uh, for a jersey thing. I mean, that, they, they can. But I, just because the they're is, about to win the championship. For people, come on, man. Yeah. For people who Fuck you want to who get upset, I just say, you know what? I can never get mad at someone being proud of where they're from. And that's all that is. It has nothing to do with the Suns. Just being me being proud, you know, of San Fernando Valley child. Barring an injury, that's that's my pick is the Phoenix Suns. Okay. Uh, we'll, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by someone who didn't know they were on a sports podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they are a very funny and talented actor and writer you've seen on Keenan and Indebted and a Black Lady Sketch Show and Shrill and the movie Desperados, which we loved here on Daily Zeitgeist. Please welcome Nicole Thurman. Oh, what's up? How's it going? Great dance hall. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. I love that. I I like doing that sound when I'm introduced. It's yeah. You walk into a room. You you really (laughs) went to parts of your voice. I think to honor like the timbre of the horn sound. I really yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You got to hit the timbre. You got to get that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Got a great ear. You got a great ear, Nicole. Thank Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I know you're LA based. Where are you from originally? Where'd you grow up? I'm originally from Kansas, actually, oh, from okay. uh, just outside Kansas City, Missouri and Kansas. They're kind of all the same place. But yeah, mm-hmm. I I lived there my whole life. My middle name is Dorothy. So it was just a weird coincidence because my grandma's <laughs> name is Dorothy. So I just got okay. stuck with her middle name and I'm from Kansas. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz was inspired by you guys, not the exactly. other way around. Right. Oh, yeah. 100 percent. Yeah. yeah. We, we definitely gave them some tips and some notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what's something we don't get about Kansas? What What's something cool about Kansas? That's... I just feel like everything is cool about Kansas and people don't understand. That. Or also people a lot of times think that I'm from a farm or like a small town. They'll be like, oh, then this must be crazy for you living in L.A. And I'm like, no, it's <laughs> all these crazy lights. Are you yeah, like, oh, right have you ever been to a strip mall before? I'm like, yeah, I've been to a fucking strip mall. <laughs> have you been to a Westfield no. mall? They're like, yeah, what? they own all the malls in the fucking world. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. oh, OK, OK, cool, cool. Yeah, it's a lot of that. I feel like that. 
that's that's the thing is like I, I'll usually describe it as just outside of Kansas City. So people understand that I'm not like a bumpkin from Tumbleweed Town. But it's like even if I was, you know, no hate, but like uh, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> so please. Um, <laughs> but yes, I think it's a it's a cool city. And like downtown, the downtown area has gotten really more residential and there's like a little light rail and people are, you know, walking downtown Ooh. and doing a lot more down there now. So it's like it's a pretty cool city. Nice. My it's question fun. I always like to ask when people are, you know, they they have a hometown they go back to, what's the food that you can't, you can only get in your hometown or the thing that you desire? Maybe you can get it other places, but the thing you desire when you go home. You know what's eat. funny is, well, it's like barbecue is Kansas City for sure, sure mm-hmm. but I've never been like a huge barbecue person. <laughs> so the first thing I thought of that was outside of that was uh, this like sandwich place called Mr. Good Sense. It's just like a shitty sandwich <laughs> place where you can get Subway, like Subway style sandwiches, more or less. And yeah. they just have a good sandwich called the Penny Club. It's got a little roast beef, little turkey, little American cheese. It's mm. like it's like trashy sandwiches, but they're really good. And I don't think that they have them anywhere but Kansas, I'm pretty sure. What's it called? Mr. Good Scent? Mr. Good Sense, plural. Sense. Yeah. Oh, like, okay. Scent. Gotcha. But yeah, like scent. Like a, gotcha, like a gotcha, penny. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh, it's good. So but it's that's like what a, I always get when I go back there. It's just a, like a regular old sandwich. Deli fresh subs. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I like to see. That's what I like to ask. That's why barbecue's good too. But yeah, that's just I don't know. I'm not that into. I've never been super into it, so I don't have like a spot that I go sure, to. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. This is I, I do like, like this. Yeah, I, I do like that you referenced uh, strip malls as the number one uh, feature of LA. <laughs> People being like, "Have you ever seen this <laughs> many you, strip malls together? So many strip. Mall- I know. I, I don't know why. I, I I love LA, but I, that's what I think of. There's a lot of oh, those. Absolutely. I feel like you're like, oh, I'm gonna go to like what was that restaurant, Twa Familia or whatever it was. That was a really nice restaurant that was in the middle of a strip mall. You know, yeah. it's just like Twa. What's it called? Twa Mac. Yes, that's the it. one Tom that's Mac. like by like Rafalo's Pizza is like the Rafalo's Pizza sign is still the thing. Like when you I go, you're so. like, is this the restaurant here? Yeah, you're, exactly. And everybody yeah. was talking about how it was this amazing restaurant and it was really good. But yeah, it was right in the middle of this weird strip molly type place. And so, yeah, that's what I. That's yeah, what there's a there's a second floor uh, strip mall sushi place that I really liked in uh mm-hmm. Santa Monica, like second floor strip mall is usually like dentist or like mm-hmm. or lawyer's office store. Yeah, they're not trying to yeah. like get any foot traffic. It's just yeah. like for the very leftovers. people on a mission. Yeah, yeah. Right. but uh, but they had good sushi. The C T uh, mall sushi stairs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Nicole, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Okay, cool. First, we are gonna tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. Trump is turning down the uh, position of being speaker. That was something that was being bandied about. I didn't know that that was possible. Miles, you know the government better than I do, so (laughs) you'll have to explain to me how it's possible that an unelected person could just be speaker of the House. We'll talk about the mansion compromise, workers just coming out and saying, fuck retail jobs. We'll talk about... That new Britney Spears article that uh, hit the New York Times yesterday that gave us a little bit more detail. They got their hands on some uh, sealed documents from the uh, ongoing court battle over her conservatorship. We will talk about Carl Nassib, the first uh, active NFL player to come out as gay. All of that, plenty more. But first, Nicole, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Well, I don't know. The The most recent thing that I've been looking up is not that exciting. It's just bikinis. <laughs> I've been like nonstop obsessing over the perfect bikini to find for the summer. Mm-hmm. And the best part about that is I've been looking at that stuff for like three days and I'm probably going to maybe wear a bikini once this summer because that's I don't even go to the beach. <laughs> right. You do that thing where you get an idea in your head. You're like, this is what the next three months are going to be. Yeah. And then you're like, I don't know. I think it's just an idea. <laughs> really like, oh, yeah. You're, like you're living at in your mind. Are you living at the beach every day? In my mind, forward? I'm living at the beach. It, it, just in general, I feel like this summer I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be like super sexy this summer. I'm going to dress right. all skimpy. <laughs> right. I'm going to be, you know, flirting with everybody because we're free again. We're all vaccinated and out and about. And yeah, and I'll be at the beach and, you know, whatever, sun yeah. and fun and having my butt out. But it's like. I'm not. I mean, yeah, that's my that's that's the idea. But the reality is I will probably be chilling in my apartment 80 percent of the time or not at the beach anywhere but the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I always picture L.A. summers like the 90210 or uh, 
Saved by the Bell, like Bayside right. Summers, yeah. where they all worked at a beach club, and you know that's just yeah. what it is. And just tossing I, a beach ball around, working yeah. at the like restaurant, yeah, yeah. But no. And that's how I live my yeah. summers. And so the best part about this too accurate. is I'm not even going to be in LA. I'm going to go to New York in like oh in like a week or two. I'm going to New York for two months, so I'm just going to like. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be like one of those people who puts a blanket out in Central Park. Yeah, and then, yeah, and like something like that. Mm-hmm. I'll find a yeah. way. I'll find a way. I'm gonna buy the perfect bikini. I'm gonna put a blanket out in Central Park and be chilling. Oh yeah, with some pe- or then maybe some like Wall Street person's like, "Hey man, you want to go to the Hamptons?" And you're like, See? "Yeah, that's, that's the plan." <laughs> yeah, I'll advertise go. the goods at in Central Park, oh, and then yeah. someone will ask me to take a trip to the actual beach, and I'll be like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm prepared." <laughs> yeah, for growing up here, I go to the beach. Sel- seldom do I go to the beach. Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm hoping to maybe make it out one or two more times. I went kayaking in the marina for the first time. That was nice, Ooh. nice and easy, nice and easy time in the calm What's waters. Like? Oh yeah, so the waters are calm down in Marina so Del Rey. Can... Yeah, like it's just the water is real flat. You can just rent a kayak for like an hour and kind of go like in the in the marina area where and it's mm. just yeah. I, f- I felt like I was getting real active and then very frustrated because I'm terrible at kayaking, but uh-huh. I got my shit together about thirty minutes in. Are those the boats where you go by yourself and you just row back and forth and they can Yeah, when you got the over? dual paddle and you got to <laughs> oh, the dual paddle. it. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they have like tandem ones. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's all it's paddler's choice. I feel like the really? last time I was in a boat like that was a canoe and it tipped over. And so ever since then, I'm like, you know what? I'm actually good on boats that I have to <laughs> row myself. <laughs> yeah. These ones are very stable. So I felt very calm. The tipping factor wasn't quite there. So, yeah, I encourage people to to get out into the. Yeah, the still waters, the, yeah. t- the stagnant the waters bikini, of the marina. Row yourself out there in the marina. <laughs> the marina is known as the uh, swinger hotspot of uh, the west side of LA. FYI, a therapist Wait, once, what? A, a like you know, therapist in her mid sixties was like, ah, marina, yeah, you know, the the swinger hotspot. I was Ooh. like, oh, oh hell yeah, yeah. So why is it always the most random people that are like? you know nudists or uh, <laughs> yeah, out the yeah, swingers hot shit. spots they're getting laid right. a million times and i'm like, like hey yeah. what, how's that happening <laughs> if you see a couple on with backwards life jackets in a canoe they're <laughs> swingers they're yeah, just follow they're them to their uh, houseboat <laughs> to, to their bikini houseboat <laughs> the ss fucks a lot yeah <laughs> i'm surprised you went out there and nobody asked you to be a third you didn't get invited to be someone's third I, there was nobody out there it was okay. it was very it, it was very overcast so I, it wasn't the best oh. day but uh next time i might just wear a shirt advertising down mm-hmm. to fuck mm-hmm. uh, and just see what happens <laughs> Do if, if you're down to fuck anybody. jersey uh you're yeah. down to fuck uh clippers jersey <laughs> <Down> <laughs> I feel like I might start actually incorporating. I got a pair of uh, swim trunks, as uh, I say, because I'm in my 40s, that are really nice and I like them a lot. And I've never like worn swim gear as like part of my clothing, but I think I might mm-hmm. just start rocking it like on the daily, uh, even when I'm not planning on going to the YMCA because I'm an old person. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what kind of swim trunks do you get? What are they like? Patagonia, it's just like I like Columbia? the pattern. Yeah. No, they're oh, okay. from like uh, I don't know. I just like the pattern. They're, they're... are they like long board shorts? Remember those? Like, are you got like... thighs out, Jack? They're above oh, the you knee. You know, I like oh, to show. I like to show Ooh. off the the thighs. Get a little color on there. Otherwise, it gets uh, people have to wear sunglasses around me. Yeah, show um... off that Marge Simpson thigh tat you have. Ooh, <laughs> hot. Actually. Hot. It's so far off that it, it's not actually, I'm not allowed to say it's Marge Simpson. It's Marg Samson. Marg uh, Samson. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so Fox doesn't hit you with those. Yeah, you don't want to get, you don't want to get in trouble for that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's funny. Whenever I think of someone wearing swim trunks, as mm-hmm. you say, uh, like in a non like <laughs> water setting, I always think of a camp counselor. Yeah. <laughs> like that's who, that's who that outfit is. When it's yeah. like, I don't know, man, you never know. Like these kids are yeah. going to drop shit on you. It's better to wear quick, dry clothing all the time. You've got to yeah. be prepared. But do guys mm-hmm. wear boxers under swim trunks? I never understood that. Like they, no. some of them do, right? No. Okay. It's not I, a look, thing. Look, it de- depends on maybe how generally comfortable you are with your nudity or something. I mean, uh-huh. a lot of shorts have like the built in underwears in them. Okay. So you yeah. can do you. I've never worn underwear. It just feels like a, like why would you wear a cotton that is gonna not dry underneath the thing that will dry very quickly just never quite made sense yeah that never made sense to me either so that's why i was like if you're wearing the the shorts out with your regular clothes as your outfit are you going to be wearing 
boxers or we just going, you know, we free ball. Oh, you're saying, oh, oh, right. So, like, right. Well, are like, you, you know, someone in my position? Are you truly yes. prepared, yeah. Jack? For are you ready to How dive in? Or that's a, that's actually a question that I've had so far. Uh, I've only worn it without, but maybe, mm-hmm. maybe if I really want to make it a part of of my rotation, I, I should. <laughs> probably think because it's not fully comfortable you know the netting it no, doesn't yeah. yeah and it's I, li- like I like a hot. boxer brief and mm-hmm. like the the netting is not and it you know can get ill-adjusted down there so yeah. i uh yeah you're gonna have to plan that one out <laughs> for yeah. your look for your summer look absolutely I do appreciate Miles that you turned it into turned me into a ca- camp counselor with like the zinc on my nose. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. but I like an inner one. tube around my waist. Yes. <laughs> There's something about it too that feels very 90s to me. Wearing uh, your swim trunks with like a t-shirt and wearing it as an outfit, it feels very 90s. Yeah, so, yeah you got to have the zinc. Yeah. You got to have yeah, a little tube or little floaties <laughs> on your arms. Yeah, like Oakley yeah. sunglasses with a strap on the back. Yeah, like hell yeah, strap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, you are. Do the whole uh, look. It'll be a thing. It'll be your new like thing when you go out, and everybody be like, "Oh, that's the guy. That's the guy that's oh, always wearing shit. swim trunks." Council <laughs> Jack. You know, yeah. you gotta have a brand. I need you know something. I, I do. Yeah. It's free. Nicole, what is something you think is overrated? People will not like me when I say this, but reality TV, mm. I think, is overrated. Oh. I. Well, it's one of those things where I, when people start talking about reality TV, I completely tune out. I don't know what's happening. I can't listen. It seems, it, it makes me uncomfortable to watch it. It feels like it's oh. so staged and sure. manipulative of people that it makes me feel anxious when I'm watching it. And mm. I, I don't understand why so many people like it. So, I, I love it. Um, yeah, people love it. And I- and I get why people don't like it either, because I can tell, too, like when things are very overproduced and you're yeah. like, oh, my God, you took advantage of these people who just narrowly think they're on a TV show. But you're yeah. getting them to do things that are they're, they're, they're essentially embarrassing themselves. Yes. But but they get their ratings going. I think in that sense. Uh, yeah, I definitely see like those parts. And there are you know times when I look at certain shows. and I'm like, why did you cast some of these people like this feels like you're playing a joke on them. But then I think the other part of it is probably just like schadenfreude of just being able to like comparatively be like, shit, man, I I got a lot to be grateful for because I could be be in a fucked up relationship like these people. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's like when I, I love documentaries for that reason. Mm -hmm. Because I'll watch a documentary and be like, dang, like there's all these medical documentaries on YouTube where it's like the girl whose muscles turn to bone. I don't know if you've seen anything like that. but What? You want to feel thankful for your life? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my right. God. And so you watch all these, like, I watch all those kinds of medical documentaries and true crime. Like, I watch stuff that's re- real. Yeah, yeah, sure. But the, rea- yeah, the reality stuff is where I can't do it. Like, The Bachelor. And I know people love it. People go crazy for it. But it's just, I can't connect to it. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's... that's not, I don't know if that's overrated or just being like, I No, I mean, like I think that. it is, no, I... in a sense, because it's something that is taking up a huge share of people's attention, like in terms of the kinds of media that's being consumed. And I think reality yeah. is one of those things. I mean, I have another podcast just talking about 90 Day Fiance. Yeah. Oh, uh, so that's I would say yeah. that in that sense, yeah, I get why you're coming with that take for sure. Yeah, and I'm team sure. Nicole on this one. I like watching that shit makes me uncomfortable enough that it's like burning calories. Like I need a break to like make it through an episode of reality TV. It's, it's, it feels to me the way that like being an introvert versus an extrovert, like some people like get energy from watching reality TV and like reality TV makes me exhausted. I'm just like, Oh, interesting. That's the same feeling. Yeah. feels like a study that may have something to it, right? I'm just yeah. Sort of what if if it's repelling or like energizing to you? What I'm sure there's a they can start putting us in buckets based on the yeah. shows we watch. Yeah, I wonder if it, if some of it is tied to social anxiety or being an introvert because I'm a socially anxious person and I'm an introvert, even though I seem pretty outgoing. So maybe that's why. Because maybe that's why I can't watch it because I'm like, well, I'm, oh, this is. Too I'm much. also an introvert. Same thing where I yeah. I'm very you know I can be uh, energetic in certain mm-hmm. situations, but I recharge being by myself like mm-hmm. i don't get it from being out there socializing so i don't know there's but you hey, recharge uh, by being by yourself watching reality tv so you're a you're an enigma wrapped in a contradiction right. you know thank you so much you know one um, show that i was watching recently though that is reality tv that someone got me into was alone have you guys seen that 
I was oh, just going to yeah. ask if it was Alone because I keep hearing about Alone being like this great reality show that uh, is like people who don't like reality TV like yep. this show. Yep. Right. If you don't, yeah, it's really, it's actually really well done because it's the people that are competing on the show are only shooting themselves. And so you're just getting more of like a real experience and you're more immersed in that. Yeah. Rather than edited. like people being like, hey, you used my fucking hatchet. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then like drama <laughs> kicking <laughs> off over whose Tinder was whose right. or whatever Just the fuck. Set yeah. Up. Oh, yeah. That common problem of someone using someone else's hatchet. We don't we know about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, it is like that. There's no like, yeah, it's not like set up situations that feel yeah. a little bit scripted and uh, manipulated right. by producers. No confessionals, yeah. none of that kind of stuff. Well, there's some yeah. kind of confessionals, but yeah, it's pretty good. That's the only one I, I feel like recently I'm like, OK, I can watch this one. I can handle yeah. it. Mm-hmm. God, I can just see the reality TV sh- like editing of. Has anyone seen my hatchet? Then like cut to the confessional being like, Bing. she just uses my hatchet. My hatchet without without asking. Asking. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I told everybody that was my special hatchet that no one else. My can grandfather's use. hatchet from the Civil gra- War. <laughs> <laughs> and then that like, and then someone else comes on like, her grandpa was racist, so I don't care yeah. about using her hatchet. Oh, did she say which side of the Civil War he was on? Because <laughs> uh, check the check the inscription mm. on the blade. Okay, I think I saw a Confederate inscription, so I'm gonna use that hatchet. Yeah, I'm gonna take the hatchet back. <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing is whistling Dixie, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Nicole, what's something you think is underrated? Oh, you know what I think is underrated? Uh, is teaching kids real life skills in school. <laughs> is that a mm. thing? Can that be a thing? Yeah. I, like, I think what is about... This? What are these skills you speak of? What are these <laughs> like skills? Like my school. Like life skills. Because I just think it's oh. crazy that... Like, as an adult, I don't know how to do taxes at all. And I just depend on an accountant that's trained to do it. And if he told me to pay, you know, $20,000, I'd be like, okay, I would I would be mad about it, but I would do it because I have no idea how to do taxes. I mean, I think it's crazy personally that we don't learn how to speak a second language. Like, why do I not know how to speak Spanish when so many people speak Spanish? You know, yeah. things like that. So I think it's, um, I think we don't learn enough real life skills in school. And so I, I don't understand why no one's calling that out and changing the curriculum. <laughs> it's almost like they want to create a generations of people that can rely on these <laughs> industries yeah. rather than upend them with their ability to act independently. Exactly. Which is, yeah, true. Like, taxes are so mind-boggling i'm like i don't know please someone else like when half the time i'm sure if like in school someone's like you know like turbo tax is a scam right you know there's free software you can use right you know blah but you don't grow up hearing any of that so i just end up a mess like at those zero hour begging people for suggestions on account exactly (laughs) it's like i don't need to know pythagorean theorem i need to know how to fill out a w2 i still don't even know i mean every time i fill it out i'm like wait am i doing this right am i doing it wrong am i getting in trouble i'm always worried that i'm the government's gonna one day just like knock on my door and arrest me for something i didn't even know that i did wrong well that is the risk of uh, not being white in this country also. So <laughs> <That's yeah. true. laughs> either way, <laughs> either way, they could just come on by and hang right, out. Right, right, she can right. Get, uh, she can go left pretty quickly. It can go left pretty quickly. But yeah, I think and that's I think that's underrated. The, the taxing in particular is purely like in order to create an entire category of jobs, because like other countries, it's just like they give you your bill. They're like, here's what yes. you owe. I just heard about that recently. I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm like, why yeah. don't they just give us a bill? Right. It's like, yeah, it's like being at a restaurant. And then like after you're like before (laughs) you can say, can I get the check? You got to hire somebody to intervene and help like facilitate the transaction Mm -hmm. because you're like, hold on, man. You wrote Mm -hmm. down everything I fucking ordered. Don't you know what I owe you? You know what I owe? Uh, No, uh, no, please uh, find your own bill, you know, whatever bill aggregator whatever right. the title would be to add up your bill and then you can pay us and it's like and right. if you do it wrong we'll audit you and, you, and we will throw you in jail if you yeah. do it. yeah we'll but audit then, you and, we'll throw you in jail and i'm paying this other person like 15 bucks on top of whatever he's gonna tell me i oh what the what? yeah and also that's the other thing sometimes it's 15 bucks sometimes you'll have to pay him 30 bucks you don't know why you don't know what the logic is and then they'll tell as they're reading your bill at the restaurant they'll tell you all these ingredients and things that you've never heard of you're like what is happening yeah. i'll just trust you on this i'm gonna trust you that that mac and cheese was 20 dollars. Right. whatever like you just right. you, you you start to get so frazzled i just think it's crazy that we don't teach kids how to do that there's a lot of things but yeah that's the that's the always been the main one for me is i can't believe that i can have conversations with an accountant and feel so lost (laughs) and it's okay and like that's just because we never got that education they should be like in gym classes like hey man we're doing the change a car tire unit 
for yes. all Yes. Yes. Well, you can do that shit safely and be like, like, yo, you don't have to have a real car. Be like, here's a jack. I understand there are jack points in every car, depending on what kind of car it is. And this is how you do it. Here's how you remove the, the nuts. This is how you put them back on. Exactly. Fuck. It is. It's It's exactly that. I think there's like... I mean, interpersonal things, yes, you can learn them from your parents, but it's like yeah. maybe, maybe you, you know, learn how to <laughs> break up with someone instead of ghosting them. Like little things like where it's like, <laughs> right, you right, just right. teach people. You just teach people to right. be like functioning humans in the world instead of teaching them, I don't know. I, I was going to say Shakespeare, but that seems fucked up to say that. But you know, right. it's like, who cares? Like teach them some real shit so that we can have uh, humans that know how to do things, you right. know? Right. Well, know. we do have home ec, and that's where we oh, yeah. learn how to like. I never had home ec. Though. I did. I, we, I did, I was and having it was this like conversation recently with people. You learn how to operate a sewing machine, and I think I had to design my own cereal box. <laughs> and where did you grow up? And there was like a baking thing. I grew. This was in Dayton, Ohio, and yep. uh, Lexington, Kentucky. So yeah. and you were saying you grew up in um, LA, in Miles, LA. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. No I grew up ec. in. Kansas, obviously. And we I was right. just having this conversation where I think a lot of Midwestern kids that we got home at because I like learned how to make a pair of pajama pants and a cookie mm -hmm. or something. Right. But yeah, we we had home ec still. Yeah. But yeah. that would be the perfect opportunity to like home economics. Like what are the economic things that how to operate a home, how to operate a, an apartment, how to, you know, figure out like what your budget needs to be at home would be a good thing to teach there. But instead, right. it's just like. Uh, well, here's what they needed to know in the frontier days, uh, right. how to, like, sew right. something by hand. Yeah. Here's the frontier days, how to terrorize Native people and then right. pretend it's your land. Oh, no, anyway, they don't that's teach that. that unit. But, yeah, I think, like, I didn't have home ec, but I had Spanish ever since second grade. And you, oh. uh, second language had to happen until, I mean, high school, I think it became optional or something after a certain point. But yo hablo español. Oh, really? See, that's very cool. I think that we should, everybody should have that in school. My kid, my kid, <laughs> I don't have a kid. My uh, <laughs> nephew, that was weird. My nephew goes to a school where they teach French. So you learn French and English, obviously, from, you know, very young age. I think they should do that in all schools. I don't see why not. Yeah. That's cool that you learn Spanish. So you can be yeah, fluent. No, 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 no. I'm, I know enough to get by and not like, you know, express my needs to people uh -huh. uh, at right. the very least, my human needs. But like, I can't get <laughs> too complex, yeah. uh, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, I think I mean, it really is. There's a benefit to really having multiple languages. Like I grew up with my mom speaking Japanese to me. So yeah. I have I have the benefit of growing up in like a bilingual household. And mm -hmm. I don't it's I think it's not underscored enough what that does when you can in your mind you're able to think in different languages and how that kind of opens pathways a lot for problem solving and things like that so absolutely shout out to the polyglots you know yeah learn, learn some languages even now i see so many people using Babel and stuff like that so get it how you live but yeah. i feel like there's also they should approach the business world like so so much of like when when you talk to somebody about like investing and like your financial future it's just it's like talking to somebody who just learned a, a foreign language and then mm -hmm. they use that to their advantage to like create a barrier so you don't know like what the fuck they're talking about mm -hmm. i feel like if if we really wanted to like put everybody on equal footing they would just teach you what all those words meant yeah, I think that is that's probably what it is, is just to keep their keep different classes of people or levels of knowledge so that right. people can be, you know, divided and differently. But yeah, it's because that's yeah, it's like when you sign a contract, so many people sign a contract and the, when they're young, you know, credit cards, whatever it is, then yeah. they just sign their life away to so student loans or whatever, whatever it can be. And we don't learn about how to deal with that stuff. We just have to experience it and mess up on the way. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back and just more more anecdotes about mm -hmm. what former president Donald Trump is up to these days. One thing he's doing is turning down being speaker of the house, I guess. Yeah. I mean cuz remember we I, we talked about this wacky idea a while back about how he could return with like a house run. And then if they take the house, they would make him speaker to be like the ultimate troll king to Joe Biden. But I think he knows that that's kind of like a cuck move for him. And he wants to be a Chad and he probably wants to be president. So his uh, spokesperson came out very quickly and was like, 
Donald Trump has zero interest, okay, in being the speaker. But, you know, it's also interesting to know, like, what would he possibly be running for? I think the only reason we also talked about why he didn't announce his, like, reelection bid immediately is, like, it would change a lot of the donations he's received. And he wouldn't be able to use them in the same way if he said, oh, now I'm now I'm running for president because now that's part of your election fund. So I think this is going to be like a will he won't he kind of thing for a minute. But yeah, I know a lot of the other thing is, too, there is there is a way for him to be speaker without being elected, as Jack alluded to in the beginning, because, you know, contrary to popular belief, you do not have to be an incumbent member or member of the House of Representatives to be speaker of the House. It's just traditionally been someone who was elected to the to the House of Representatives. So um, I, th- I think going along with all of that, it seems like probably not what's going to happen, because I think at the end of the day, I think his ego just couldn't handle not being like the president. Yeah. But that's just based like that is the only thing keeping us from that, because like we're entering this new phase where the entire, you know, reason for existence of the Republican Party is to troll people who aren't Republicans and to raise the authoritarian like possibilities Mm -hmm. in in America. And like this would make sense from that standpoint, I guess. Yeah, that's just where it's at odds with his ego. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. The one thing that everything like if they were super focused on the fuckery, they could get shit done were it not for his ego. But that thing is just too it's just too much of a force. Like it's 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 getting in the way of things or maybe it isn't. I don't know. Yeah, we're very lucky, but (laughs) by some standards that he's so bad at his job and so scattered and not focused and unwilling to listen to people who have any experience and sort of uh, political power. Yeah. And a lot of senators, like there's a few people who who just can't speak up. They're like, oh, his election endorsements are unusual <laughs> it's like, dude just say they're bullshit and they're gonna fuck up your chances but y'all are so scared that that's it turns into all this like mitigating and you know just being like well let's be euphemistic about his terrible leadership skills mm. and then he also wants to sue what does it what does he want to do use the department of justice well, to uh, this is the thing it, this in early in 2019 he was he was talking to lawyers and advisors about like the FCC, the courts, and maybe even the Department of Justice about what they could do to probe or like tamper back or hold back shows like SNL or Jimmy Kimmel, because <laughs> he felt that these were, quote, the news and were also, <laughs> quote, ads for Democrats. So he felt it kind of fell under that, like, you know, uh, equal airtime kind of shit going on or was like. This seems like this is all kinds of messed up that they can just do that and just dunk on me. And then that's considered satire or whatever. So he was really looking into how he could like legally maneuver and, you know, like essentially just shut these groups up. So, you know, dribs and drabs every day about things uh, that we're learning about. I mean, I was just having a conversation about how I don't watch the news very often, but I do watch like you know, the Daily Show or SNL, like you see those types of shows and that's where you get a lot of your news. So, you know what? Maybe he's right. Maybe we're getting all of our information from comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're like, wait, Trump's the president? I thought this was just like a bit they were doing for four years. I thought that was a joke. You mean Alec Baldwin was impersonating the actual president? No, I don't like that. I don't like that. That was a mean character. I didn't like that character. Not at all. (laughs) Such a good impression. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was good. Let's talk about Joe Manchin's compromise. Just the most frustrating shit, the way the Democrats are dealing with Republicans just trying to end voting rights for Americans. Mm -hmm. Yesterday on Tuesday, you know, as we record this, we don't know what the result is of this vote, but we know it's not going to succeed because we know where the Republicans are. We know where people like Joe Manchin and uh, Kirsten Sinema are. And there's just like this whole thing about this Joe Manchin compromise bill. That, you know, it's the it's it's the mansion compromise. It's 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 his way of doing bipartisanship because, you know, the reason he couldn't get behind the For the People Act, which is the only one of the only legislative hopes that we have to preserve any kind of like voting rights or to create any kind of some semblance of fairness in voting 
He didn't like that the Republicans didn't vote for it. So he's got his own version. It has some of the things that Democrats want. It also has some things that the Republicans want. But the long like road to this point has everyone kind of like, fuck it, man. We'll just take this shitty version of the bill because this guy won't end the filibuster. Either we'll cinema and I guess this is the closest thing we can get. But the thing is, the Republicans are not going to vote for this. So where are we with all of this? It's just it really just does my head in trying to understand how the Democrats can just look at this and say, oh, what do we do? I mean, the, de- the Republicans don't even want to have a debate on this bill because they know it will completely throw a wrench in their gears to cheat in the elections. And so I just it really it really is frustrating because you, you have Democrats just actively watching the sabotage that's going in many states concurrently right now, ever since the November election. There have been all kinds of really fucked up voting laws and regulations put into place. And this is the thing. I'm not saying navigating D.C. is easy, but it's the lack of identifying threats and acting accordingly that uh, that just kills me. And they know what's going to happen after a few election cycles of having these kinds of voting rights in place. So I I don't I I just it really makes me more frustrated. If you haven't been radicalized already by looking at the state of this country, this should really make you look at this system and realize these people know they're looking straight at what like this tidal wave coming at them of of voter suppression. And they're still doing things like, whoa, what do we do with the filibuster? Should we? Oh, maybe if we get them on record saying they don't like this, that will help in an election. It's like they're we're not playing. They're not playing the same game at all, but they still insist on this thing. And it's disheartening. But that's what they do. So is there any chance that they like when the Republicans don't vote for his exception or his the mansion compromise compromise that like they're going to that he'll then decide to like grow a backbone and play hardball? I don't know. A lot of people have gamed that out since right. he started saying, I don't I'm not, I don't know about the filibuster, because that was the only way that anything could really happen substantively that they're saying, well, first he'll try and then he'll try again. And then maybe at that point he'll realize, actually, yeah, I've they really won't do anything. Maybe they are the problem. But that's assuming that Joe Manchin's, you know, in his heart of hearts, he wants to preserve anything resembling fair elections mm-hmm. in this country. Uh, we're not even preserving because we don't have them to begin with, but have the march towards fair elections. Yeah, just makes you very cynical. But yeah, mm. there's I mean, the, they see it coming. And there's so many groups now who are just changing like their focus from talking about like real like specific issues to keep talking to people on the Hill to be like, you have to do something about the voting rights. Like, that's really what are you going to do after that? Because if right. they set the if the table like this. You can't there's not there's, it's going to be hard to dig your way out of it. But if we can start putting these laws into place to make them as, you know, as balanced as possible and not have all these uh, obstacles for people to vote, then maybe you have a chance of getting, you know, certain things done. But this is part of the I think the disgusting nature of our two party system and why, you know, a lot of people say, like, this is why this doesn't work. This is why we have incremental change and people still not having their meet- needs met. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of not having their needs met, let's talk about people in retail jobs. I feel like they're starting to wake up to the fact that America treats workers like shit, basically. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. they're fleeing 649,000 retail workers just put in their notice. They're leaving their jobs in April. In April, that was like this figure. That was the largest one month exit from like a given industry that the labor department has ever seen since they started collecting data in general. So they're like, wow. And I think, you know, it's like everything. These people were, they went through all this shit over the last year, dealing with customers, dealing with, you know, being understaffed and having to do way more shit while also having this label of essential without any real gratitude really attached to it from their employers. And people are just or monetary fucking... compensation. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there was like Kroger did a hero's bonus for like two seconds and then they're like, <laughs> Yoink. okay, we called them heroes. Isn't that enough? Yeah. What is? Yeah. <sighs> Come on. It's called we... a hero bonus. I mean, but yes, I'm the hero in the C-suite because I put a sunset on that and it didn't go <laughs> the whole time of the pandemic. But yeah. this other thing is like, you know, a lot of people just on part of that 
it's not that they're just quitting, because I think if you listen to Republicans, it's going to be like, well, this is what happens when Joe Biden gives people some stimulus checks and unemployment. These people are going to other jobs. These people aren't just not working. They're just saying fucking retail was fucked up and I don't want to do it. So a lot of people are finding other places like insurance agencies, marijuana dispensaries, banks, local governments, you know, where they can have customer service skills, but also have like things like better wages, benefits, Mm. things Mm -hmm. like that. And a lot of people are going, some people going back to school or learning new trades or waiting till they can get childcare to like better their options. So it's, uh, I I think it's really telling, you know, where we're at, especially with the fact that we constantly have this thing that we're seeing now where people are refusing to work for sub subsistence wages and they want to, they want to be able to have a dignified life like you should. It just shouldn't matter where you work. Just the fact that you can contribute, unfortunately, to this consumer economy or whatever, that you can have a life. You can have a home to sleep in rather than, well, do you have enough jobs for a home? Do you right. have enough right. jobs to have a child? That's the the, That's our, crazy. the, the yeah. equation so backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are just seeing I feel like people in office jobs that were working nine to fives, regular jobs, they got to step back while they were working from home and doing Zoom jobs. And so they're kind of having this moment of being like, I don't need to go into the office or I only want to work two days in the office. The rest of the days I can work remote and still get all of the work I need to get done. And so it's like they already had their moment. And now the retail workers, now that things are slowing down, they're like, what was this shit <laughs> that we just dealt with for the yeah. past year and some change? And, and so now decades. they're just like, I'm out. Like, I think people yeah. are in general just having these awakenings of being like, we don't deserve to be treated like this. We're not getting paid well enough for being taken care of. So we got to go find something different. And I'm glad that so many people are leaving. Maybe people, yeah. maybe someone will wake up and make some changes. I mean, I mm. worked retail back in the day. It was not fun. Yeah. It's not like, I, I get it. And I think, for even before the pandemic, a lot of people were like, this is just it's a tough job mm-hmm. and there's very little there's nothing in return that makes it worth our time aside from the crunch of living in America where, dude, you, you, you can't just quit your job and, right. you know, pivot to something else quickly because some people, you know, a lot of people live check to check and mm-hmm. that disruption in their income can be disastrous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I <laughs> these are the moments, too, where you're like, God, if some people just had their shit together, you know, politically, they could look at what's happening here and be like, yeah, there's a there's a way to get support for uh, from a lot of Americans that would right. help a lot of people without being like, well, who's a Republican and who's a Democrat or whatever. And just like, you know, guide this thing by something called human dignity. But, you know, that's that's the perversion. Doesn't seem to be a priority in politics. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately not. And especially, again, when you have people like Joe Manchin who got. There, he's getting he got an award from the Chamber of Commerce for the bipartisanship award, which was basically because he he took a shit on the fifteen dollar minimum wage hike. So right. he gets awarded by these business associations like the Chamber of Commerce to say he is a hero of bipartisanship. No, he's the fucking fullback who blew up your you know opportunity to whatever. So he's mm-hmm. it, it's all just obstruction. And yeah. You hope that these things will all add up on some level because or maybe they'll just be like, then this is why we need robots. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're sending like retail in particular, you're sending people into like impossible situations. Like if if you've ever worked retail, like the American consumer, you're supposed to like go in with the premise that the consumer, the customer is always right. Mm hmm. And like that's and the consumer like goes into any interaction knowing that and just like treat it's mm-hmm. just such a fucking brutal dynamic to then like not pay them exorbitantly well. Like Absolutely. it's so not pay them a living wage. Yeah. Yeah. Like like you were saying earlier, they have to get multiple jobs just to be able to support their family when they're working so much for what? Is right. in the isn't the restaurant industry also having a huge yeah. like hiring problem? Because of all of this, because at the end of the day, it's, you know, enough is enough Mm -hmm. for people. And yeah, it's it's funny because you see people I've seen people who work retail, like who manage a retail store, have way better communication skills than like FBI hostage negotiators. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. the shit I've I'm like, oh, my God, this person is racist as fuck in your face. Mm -hmm. And you've somehow 
just fucking shoulder <laughs> dip, head fake, euro stepped around their yeah. bullshit, right. and then got them to be like, feel heard, and then they leave. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. my God. And I'm yeah. like, you're not, and they're not paying you shit? This is yeah. fucked up. And I think that's what, you know, uh, you, I, I, I commend people who are taking these things into their own hands. And I, and I hope that, you know, that they can enter a, a job market that will, you know, reward them for their skills as well. Because, yeah, unfortunately, retail isn't it. And especially mm-hmm. like working in retail, people come up to you thinking you are the ex comp. You're like, you're the fucking you're the son rep. or daughter or child yeah. of whoever owns the company or yeah. the store. Yeah. Like, right. Fuck. Yeah. Okay, I'm just making t-shirts in here. I'm going to take my business elsewhere. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I'm sorry we don't have this graphic and I can't press it to these sweatpants that you want. Right. You're like, what, what is this about? Have I, you, I, on the yeah. website, it says you have it. I'm like, I don't know. They're not paying me shit. Also, yeah. you don't know my boss hasn't paid. Two, my last two paychecks bounced. Yeah. So what the fuck you want me to do? What do you, have you seen the uh, TikTok with the guy working at Ikea? Yes, like fucking going. Yeah, we've talked it's about so that. cathartic. So yeah, it's yeah. so good because so that's what everybody perfect. that works in customer service and retail just wants to say. Because I don't know, it's so strange how customers suddenly either forget or just don't understand how it works. But yeah, they think that you are John IKEA or whatever it is, right. and it's like I am not the company. I am simply a man <laughs> trying to make money. You know, it's it's right. not. I don't. I can't do anything for you. Yeah, because they get Sorry, in their also yeah. they get in their heads where the the word no doesn't exist if you're a customer according to some people. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I think it offers people to like in this country, it's like the one place you can go in with your sense of entitlement, and someone kind of has to half oblige it. Yeah, you or know, at least other they, places that's you the can't expectation come, for sure. yeah, like other some places you know you can't come in with that fucking energy, like, right? Right. Like <laughs> or certain context in your life, you can't have that fucking energy with people. Right. But in this one, you can suddenly now project all of your frustrations on someone who's working retail Ooh. or whatever mm-hmm. and go off and then these people can't fucking clap back although you do mm-hmm. see it more and more now where i you see conflicts with workers and people getting in people's faces and you guess what you're also dealing with a stressed out human so maybe things will happen will That's arise. A, that could be a arise. class that they teach in schools like working retail for one day yeah. <laughs> they make right. every kid work in retail one day <laughs> Dealing with somebody who thinks that you have to assume that they're always right is like yeah. such a like imagine. I, I like the comparison of a hostage negotiator, because mm-hmm. imagine if the hostage negotiator had to deal with like a rule that the terrorist is always right. And yeah. the terrorist knows that they're supposed to have that assumption. Right. Like it's a completely impo- it's a completely impossible right. situation. I want one billion dollars in unmarked bills and a fueled jet. Uh, okay, okay we're right. working on that. Let me talk uh, to your manager. Yeah, <laughs> um, I am the manager, and I and I love what you're saying right now, yeah. and that's going to be heard. What I can offer you right now is maybe ten percent off your next purchase. <laughs> you got your retail voice on. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, fine. Uh, fuck. fuck. Oh shit! I gotta quit this motherfucker. I hate the coach store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate the coach store. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk, Brittany. And we're back. And the New York Times is really, you know, earning that paycheck, earning that uh, reputation with their reporting on Britney Spears only. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so they got some leaked documents from there were confidential court records that they got their hands on. And basically what they found is that, you know, her fans are on to something. She's been trying to get out of this conservatorship earlier and more often than had previously been known, is what the article said. She articulated she feels the conservatorship has become an oppressive and controlling tool against her. That's in a 2016 report. So that's like before anybody was saying shit. And there's also like an involuntary stay at a mental health facility, which I think a lot of the people in the Free Britney movement were speculating was what happened when she had to like take that break and then a lot of like performing against her will her dad like won't let her restain her kitchen cabinets because he's I'm like sorry, wait, wait what yeah that's like in a complaint like, in terms that's of what? one of the details he wouldn't he was like that costs too much money 
she's pulling in like $60 million. And this dude is just like, has all this like control over her finances, has control over who's allowed around her. Like he can be like, no, I don't like them. They're a bad influence. And so early on, like one of the first complaints about the conservatorship they were like, uh, we think this is just her boyfriend having like undue influence on her and like being a bad influence. Mm. It's just like a complete like it really is Kafka esque. Like it's fucking impossible, an, a completely impossible situation. Like the literally the only way for her to communicate because they she's presenting all this shit to the judge and the judge is just like, OK, we hear you. And then just leaving shit in her dad's hands. And this conservatorship has gone on for, what, 12 years? Something extremely long for a conservatorship because they're supposed to be short term while the person is incapacitated. Yeah, that's I mean, it's not like designed for this at all. It's designed for people who like in the short term, like don't don't have control of their own faculties. Mm -hmm. Like this idea that it's this long term like money making thing like that seems to be the sort of ideal that the conservatorship side goes in with. Mm -hmm. There's also just like this weird underpinning of like, we've talked before about the Southern dad culture of like, you know, having the debutante balls where you're like presenting your daughter as like a viable like partner slash. Well, show horse is actually interesting. You say that because her mom joined her fight to end the conservatorship in her complaint said that Mr. Spears had referred to his daughter as quote, a racehorse who has to be handled like one. Okay. Jamie on one. Okay. Yeah. So burn it all down. Hell no. And so her dad's lawyer who was in that Britney Spears documentary that the New York times did that like kind of captured the zeitgeist uh, about a year ago. Like, so now she went back to working for the dad and she issued this statement that Brittany knows her daddy loves her and that he will be there for her whenever and if she needs him. Creepy. It's, yeah, dropping that daddy in is just like such a, I don't know. Well, it's also like those, um, is it the, the dances where like, it's, it's this idea of the dad, like owning the child and she's his, almost like she's his girlfriend until another man takes her and then she becomes that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Those, those are like called like chastity balls or something where you like betroth your virginity to your dad. Yeah. They wear the rings and everything. Your dad and you like, yeah, your dad gives you a ring and it's like this, oh, it's so fucking weird. And like her, complaints have included her being like he's like obsessive and like obsessed with me and with my life and like won't leave me alone he also is like a frequently relapsing alcoholic Mm -hmm. it's just like a it's a real fucking mess i can only imagine what that relationship is like too where you have a father who's already struggling with his own issues and is Mm -hmm. probably in his own mind like looking at Brittany to help him feel like, well, I'm in control of this thing. I might not be exactly, in control of this other yeah. stuff, but I have yeah. this thing I can be in control. In. And then that runaway train of no accountability. Yeah, it's fucking awful. And then this guy's just sitting on her money and shit. Some of yeah. the details are like truly like, you know, a she lives in a prison of yeah. right. like her. She was being tested for drugs numerous times weekly and her credit card was held by her security team or assistant and used at their discretion. And then she wasn't allowed to restay in her own cabinet. Um, forced into a mental health facility against her will on exaggerated grounds, which she viewed as punishment for her standing up for herself and making an objection during a rehearsal. And then she was forced to perform while sick with a 104 degree fever. I've heard she doesn't have a cell phone either. She's not allowed to have a phone. Right. Like that's like, I mean, what? crazy that's like 39 years old yeah that's that's like cult like mind control shit yeah and like the conservatorship is just legally so fucked up she has to pay for lawyers on both sides including the the lawyers arguing against her wishes so she recently got a eight hundred ninety thousand dollar bill from one set of her dad's lawyers which covered four months of work including media strategizing for defending the conservatorship. So she's paying for them to like launch a media campaign about why the conservatorship is good. 
It's just she's ceased to be a person. Yeah, you know? yeah like, exactly. She's like she's IP. At this she point. is IP. She's a and she's an estate. Mm-hmm. She's not she's a human being. Mm-hmm. And it's really alarming to see like all this paternalistic, fucked up, incestual. I don't know. It's just all fucking. It's so mm-hmm. disgusting. And then mm-hmm. to think that all of this is just sort of spun out of a few incidents earlier on in her life. Just to be like, okay, this is the moment now that I can rush control from my daughter. And now she's fully in this like glass menagerie that I can, you know, sure. I'm the mm-hmm. operator of. Yeah, that's or what it, it seems like. like. It yeah. seems like he like got control and then realized like, oh, shit, like now I can make all this money off of her. I can ke- keep her in my control. I can keep her working. And then I don't have to worry about anything. Because if yeah. he imagines like even if he got if he lost control of it, he wouldn't even be able to afford lawyers to keep fighting for this. So it's, right. it's crazy. Right. You know, like, it, Brittany, pay for my lawyers to yeah. sue you. <laughs> what? Fuck <laughs> off, Dad. You nasty. Get out no. of here. But it's like I'm sure in his mind he can justify like from that one like breakdown that she had. Like that's mm-hmm. very scary moment to have somebody who you love who is like out of control and like I'm sure he's using that to like justify it in his own mind and like that's what his lawyers constantly are like coming back to, but it's just like somebody needs to intervene to, you know, like make it so he can't continue to conveniently just believe that he's like, he is getting a percentage of all of like her tours and shit. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. he's both her manager and like her legal guardian, which Mm -hmm. like experts are like, that is makes no fucking sense. And where's he doing this from a palatial estate? Probably right. Calabasas. Probably his no, so house. Yeah. That's where he used to be doing it from. So uh-huh. this is the last paragraph of this article. Mr. Spears recently sold the house Ms. Spears grew up in. He has been staying down a winding country road on the outskirts of town in an RV parked at a warehouse that has stored the boxed up relics of his daughter's megawatt career. Okay, that's on him though. He could afford a house. He, he don't could, need to do all that. But he's just like in a RV, like buy this massive warehouse full of like Britney memorabilia. It's just right. like, yo, shit has yeah. gone. He like, needs to be in a conservative sideways. Conservative. Yeah, well, exactly. that's the thing too is like, if, he what was, if they if, flipped it on him, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. Could, but they could just oh, as easily do that with act. him. Yeah. If you're yep. saying that it spawns off of one incident when she had one, you know, mental health crisis and then he's, you know, if he's an alcoholic and he had one time where he was, you know, what's the word like hitting rock bottom Mm-hmm. Then yeah. they could have easily just as easily done that to him, but somehow he got out of it and he got the power and got to do this to her for life. Almost like uh, the legal system is misogynistic. Hey, and, what? Huh? Yeah, it might be huh. like that. Might be. Huh. <laughs> it's like it's foundational to this place, huh? huh. <laughs> yeah. Paternalistic uh, urge. Huh? Yeah, okay. yeah. Speaking of misogyny, let's talk about uh, Carl Nassib coming out as an active NFL player. This is probably the most accomplished pro team sport athlete to have come out as a gay man while active. He's notched 37 starts, has like 20.5 career sacks, which is all important just because like he a team is going to roster him. Whereas like in the past, an NBA team has been like NBA teams have been able to be like, well, Jason Collins is on the downside of his career. So they like didn't sign him or right. Or like Michael Sam. Michael was Sam a prospect. was right. Was a prospect who was a seventh round pick. So they were like, "Hey, he wasn't good enough," and just cut him. This dude is like in just completed the first year of a three year deal. So he's like he's going to be in the mix for an NFL team. And right. and he was also like one of the best college. He he led the nation in sacks as a college player. Was a Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, which I think is. Like, again, it's weird to, like, be listing off his stats in a story like this, but I do think it's probably important to, like, the sort of people who would be like, wait, what? To, like, accept, like, oh, shit, this is, like, one of the best football players in the world. But I don't know. I'm I'm just, it's going to be fascinating and hopefully empowering. Will the league support him? So the league you know, is supporting him. I like know Roger Goodell official. had a nice thing to say, but I mean, like, you know, in the sense of like, yeah. will there be, will they really put things in place? Like if people are trying to, you know, single him out or something, or there's some kind of weird on-field nonsense going on or harassment, like what, will they protect him? You know, will they actually yeah. make that a thing to say, we are completely against any sort of homophobia in this league and like, we're done with it. That's, yeah. I'm curious to see how that plays out too. I mean, that, the the sport, 
the league, the entire culture around the league is like fuel. It is like the physical embodiment of toxic masculinity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just like, and all like the most notable commentary coming from active NF NFL players to this point has been just completely toxic homophobia with players saying they wouldn't accept a gay teammate. And I don't know. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just, it is, it's just so massively important though for, for this kind of representation in the NFL just in general. And I think there's, there's such a, you know, in that video, he said how, how long he's been dreading coming out and then yeah. he finally did. And I, I, I can, I can only imagine how many people will look to him and, you know, find the, the strength and courage to, you know, it's, it's much different coming out now than it was 20 years ago or shit, even 10 years ago. But you hope that this can actually really change the dynamics of sports where, you know, uh, cisgendered men are competing and what that looks like. But yeah, it's, it's hard to see. Cause you can see like on the Twitter, all the toxic comments that come out, like if ESPN does it, the jokes that are in there, there's still just this, this just fucked up homophobic blind spot that people have. But yeah, you'd hope yeah. that these, like we can, you know, this builds on things and creates a much more accepting country and not being like gay, gay guys can't play sports. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I think we're all hoping that this starts like a flood of, you know, statistically, there's many, many pro athletes who are yeah. closeted, yeah. feel like don't feel comfortable, like being their authentic selves. But my guess is there will be like more of a wait and see approach to see like how he is greeted both by the league and by the other players, mm -hmm. which I think just like further underlines the the bravery of what he's doing. Yeah. And Warren Moon also said there that he had like a comment too, where he was like, he, cause he tweeted, he's like, I'm really proud of Carl. Like, this is great. And then he also like ended on to say, like, I played with several guys who never were comfortable to come out and they were great teammates, but it just sort of, that was, you know, it was a private thing. And it, like you're to your point, it's, he's not the first and he won't be the last, but it's hoping to create more of a environment of acceptance in general. But, uh, I'm curious to see how NFL fans react to that with their cool takes. <laughs> yeah, it's such right. a, it's always been such a strange thing to me. I, I don't understand how sexuality would like why would that bother anyone? But that's just, you know, I don't I, I can't wrap my brain around it. Like I think, yeah, because I there's there's a certain group, there's a certain culture in this country that it's like you express your masculinity yeah. through these like aggro sports and that's how you validate your masculinity. And then for someone to be homosexual also engaging in that, well then what does that do to your what is that what super is fragile idea of what masculinity is? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's just what it's all going up against. But that's why you know, it's so toxic. Yeah. 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 Long mm -hmm. time coming though. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good for I'm him. Just... It's brave. Super brave. Yeah. Nicole, it has been uh, such a pleasure having you on Daily Zeitgeist. It's been so fun being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for Where can on. people uh, find you and follow you? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at Nicole Thurman. And I have two C's in my first name. Uh, and my Instagram is the same, at Nicole Thurman, N-I-C-C-O-L-E-T-H-U-R-M-A-N. Nice. Yeah. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media that you've been enjoying? Oh, yeah. I just saw some goofy tweet about red flags yesterday that really made me laugh. Oh, it says normalize leaving after the first red flag. I won't do it, but you guys should. <laughs> it just made me laugh. It just made me laugh real bad. Real hard. Who is it? Her name is. Oh, it's not even like a real name. At U-C-H-J-N-N. She tweeted that. It was very funny. Yeah, I responded to the normalized leaving after the first red flag with asking if that was about being a Sixers fan. Was... <laughs> as soon as they say they're a Sixers fan, you got to go. Yeah, that's it. No, I, that sorry, that okay. was sorry. All right. Sorry. Never mind. Get through it. Oh, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. OK, you're OK. You're OK. Buddy. I'm a Sixers fan. Oh, OK, OK. I knew what was going to happen all season and I just. Kept kept hoping against hoping. Well, gotta stay hopeful. Gotta stay positive. <sighs> Miles, where can people find you? Oh man, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also, check out uh, Four Twenty Day Fiance if you like weed and Ninety Day Fiance. That's where I talk about that. Uh, so check that out. Twitch.tv slash Four Two Zero Day Fiance. A tweet that I like. I like a couple. First one is from uh, past guest Carl Hess at Carl Hess tweeted. 
He says, the best thing you can see when you step into the party, and it's a photo of a bunch of Papas Reinas from Porto's Bakery. Uh, mm -hmm. And anybody who knows about Porto's, you know, mm -hmm. or anybody who likes that, uh, you know, the, the dish of those fried potato balls. Oh, there's just something about it. You're like, I'm amongst friends here and they know what the fuck they're doing. And one more is from this is Nicholas Gonzalez at Nico S. Gonzalez. He's quote tweeting an image where this other person said, what's going on here? Come on, y'all. I need a laugh. And it's a photo of like a cheetah with like their paw on a baby gazelle's back. And it looks like it's like like almost trying to put its arm around this baby gazelle's like shoulder. I'm like, hey, come here, pal. And <laughs> Nicholas Gonzalez tweeted, quote, you don't need a union because we're a family here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Illing it. I love that. Tweet I've been enjoying. Ashley Feinberg tweeted, Kristen Cinema is a CIA op. I've never believed anything more strongly. Oof. Which I think might be true. <laughs> Brody Gupta tweeted, does my dog think the TV is a window and everything outside our house is just insane? <laughs> um, and Shay Serrano tweeted, Benny the Jet is related to Dominic Toretto. Don't ask me to explain how. Just know that it's true. Uh, and I believe Benny that, the that Jet is, is to <laughs> from B -B -B the Benny Sandlot? And the jet. Oh, I thought it was Benny and the Jets, but Benny the Jet. Yeah. Yeah, that from the Sandlot is, wow, interesting is really Okay. That's interesting. The, the massive Shea Serrano universe, uh, cinema universe, <laughs> undefeated. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song we think you might want to go check out. Miles, what song should people be listening to right now? This is some like kind of lo-fi, like really nice, smooth R&B kind of vibes. This is an artist called Tirza, T-I-R-Z-A-H. She's coming at us straight out of the UK. And this track is called Sink In. And it's really dope because I like the very sort of minimal production. It sounds like she's kind of making everything on like a Casio keyboard or whatever, like the beats and the sounds that she uses. But her voice is very like haunting and very rich. So I like the juxtaposition of those two things. So this is like a nice little vibe track to play around your house. You know, light some candles. It's called Sink In by Tirza. I like that. All right. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye.